This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. 9,000 tons. The United States Department of Agriculture reports a private sale of 134,000 tons of soft red winter wheat to China. Delivery will be during the 2021-22 marketing year. There will be more rains for the U.S. eastern Corn Belt over the weekend. Temperatures across the country are expected to push above 90 degrees Fahrenheit. The U.S. Drought Monitor says almost 56% of the country is in some state of drought. That includes nearly three-quarters of the plains. On the other side of the Atlantic, heavy rains are causing flooding in Belgium, France and Germany, which are threatening crops. In Russia, hot and dry weather is cutting into its wheat crop. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are stronger on Friday. The November contract jumped 16 cents at 13.96 per bushel. August soy oil is up more than eight tenths of a cent at 68.16 U.S. cents per pound. August soy meal rises $2.30 at 3.6490 per short ton. Corn futures are higher on Friday. The September contract is up a penny at 5.65 and a half per bushel. Chicago oats are steady to higher, with the September contract up two cents at 4.40. Wheat futures are stronger on Friday. Chicago September gains 19.5 cents at 6.91.5. Kansas City September rises 14 cents at 6.54.5. And, and Minneapolis September jumps 22 cents at 9.16. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, July 16th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. The demands and long days of the harvest season are ahead. So now's the time to get the equipment you need to work more productively and harvest more savings too. Visit Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John during New Holland Harvest Days for more ways to work your best and save. You'll find great deals on select New Holland tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment, including 0% financing and cash back. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, harvest days end September 30th, 2021. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. Later on, we'll be chatting with Hassan Kantar, an author and activist who spent seven months living in an airport in Malaysia in 2018. Since then, he's made his way to Canada and he's got quite an incredible story to tell, uh, both about living in the airport and uh, coming to Canada and what he's been up to since then. So we're looking forward to that. That'll be in about 15 minutes' time. But first, the BC government announced earlier this week that they are partnering with the Salvation Army to build a new housing facility in Fort St. John to help support homeless people. To tell us more about that project, we're joined now by Fort St. John Salvation Army Executive Director Jared Braun. Jared, welcome back to Moose Talks. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks, Doug. You, I, I was just saying to you before the show, you're the first in-person live uh, Moose Talks guest we've had in a year and a half. So <laughs> It's so good to be here and, and uh, to be here in person. I, I'm excited about it. Now, uh, speaking of that, of course, we weren't able to do live interviews for a long time due to the COVID 
COVID-19 pandemic. So I thought uh, since it's uh, been a bit of a while since we've been able to have a chat, we kind of start with how things are at the Salvation Army. I know other um, uh, institutions in this town have seen a lot more people accessing their services because people lost their jobs. It's been a really hard time. Have you seen the sort of same influx uh, of people using uh, the Salvation Army to kind of get through a tough time right now? Yeah, it definitely was a very uh, busy season. Um, particularly, we saw it, you know, in our food bank and at our Northern Center of Hope, uh, our emergency uh, shelter. Uh, just people needing the the supports because of you know all the different impacts with uh, economy and uh, mental health and all mm-hmm. the different things that came um, that were you know repercussions of COVID. Um, but our our community has just really stepped up. Our staff has done a phenomenal job. And uh, it's, been, it's been really neat to see how we've been in a prime place to be able to support those needs. And uh, we were just so excited uh, last week, you know, as the government restrictions lifted to be able to begin uh, welcoming people back into the food bank and the drop-in center. And just to see that community aspect being, being able to be re-engaged, um, it it's almost seems like we've had a busier season in the food bank because for some people it was awkward before where they had to line up and so on. Now they could come in and receive personal service and attention. And uh, that's been really encouraging to see. I see. So have you guys been like delivering supplies to people essentially uh, kind of uh, or doing it one at a time to kind of keep COVID safe? Yeah. So we were we weren't able to have people come into the drop in center. So they had to come in one at a time or by appointments. And for people that were unable to, we were able to offer some deliveries with uh, volunteer uh, supports uh, so that people were still getting the the food and the essential items they needed. Uh, So it it made some logistical challenges, but we, we managed quite well. Okay. I did want to make sure we spend a lot of time talking about this because this is a pretty big deal. Uh, The B.C. government uh, saying you guys in partnership uh, with you are going to build this brand new housing project to help the vulnerable population uh, here in Fort St. John. Uh, While we start off, why don't you tell us a bit about it for people who don't know uh, what's kind of going up and and who it's going to help. Yeah, so we're so honored uh, that B.C. Housing would... uh you know, trust us uh, to work together on this project. And uh, as anybody who's familiar with the Salvation Army in Fort St. John knows that we've been uh, active and involved in serving um, our homeless and most vulnerable populations in the community uh, for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Northern Center of Hope, which is our existing emergency shelter and uh, transitional um, low barrier housing program uh, that's uh, behind the Scotia Bank on on 99th Avenue. Uh, We've been running that since 2014, even before that we had emergency shelter services where the existing food bank is now and uh, so we have a long history with that and and uh, the northern center of hope um, the the sheltering facilities we do now that is as well a partnership with bc housing um, where they provide the operating budget and we are the operators uh, to run it Uh, the building and land is is co-owned between the salvation army and bc housing so we have this uh, great relationship that's been going on for a long time already and this was the the natural next step as you know we see the the growing needs in the community as the community grows there's a lot of positive things that come with that Um, but then there's the growing challenges as well and so it was time for uh, there to be kind of the next piece the next solution in order to um, you know to fight uh, the the homeless situation that's been developing as well and uh, so by you know partnering with BC Housing um, and them committing to um, to funding the uh, the building and the operating of this new 42 units uh, building uh, we were just very excited uh, to to carry on that relationship and grow what we've already been doing. Mm-hmm. Was this, and I don't know if you can answer this because obviously the process for this started with your predecessor, um, but 
the the need for this? Um, how was it identified? Was it based upon we know we already have this many people who are generally in town who happen to be homeless who need this, or was it anticipating Fort St. John's getting larger? Um, you know, uh, unemployment right now is basically negative numbers because people are kind of coming back. It's a growing city. We're going to need this because as the city grows, the homeless population grows with it. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I think some of it is forecasting and seeing how the community will continue to grow and want to be proactive uh, and, and make sure that there is affordable space. Um, but part of that is, is the other piece, that there's been an ongoing demand for uh, affordable housing. And the unique piece we combine here is that it's supportive affordable housing. And so people that have barriers um, to traditional uh, rentals, suites, and and uh, so on. Um, you know they're left with very little options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know there are great community organizations that are working with people to get them into affordable housing. But even some of those options, as limited as they are, uh, are just not suitable for everybody. And so uh, we are able to add in a, a piece that is you know, really non-existent at this point. Uh, that will kind of alleviate that affordable housing piece for for others uh, that don't necessarily need the wraparound support. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we add in kind of the more holistic wraparound support piece alongside of the affordable piece uh, that just really opens up uh, so many more uh, options for, for people that then, um, you know, leave... Uh, less opportunity or less reasons for for homelessness to exist, uh, which you know none of us would want to to see in Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. Now I'm overgeneralizing with this, but would you say in general is this supposed to function as maybe a step in the road? So uh, perhaps you're in real dire straits. You have to be in the northern center of hope. Things improve for you. You can then maybe perhaps move into these suites that'll that'll be available. Is it kind of like a part of a stepped process to? perhaps getting somebody back on their feet on their own. They have a job. They're able to afford their own place mm-hmm. uh, based on their own yes. sort of income. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is that is the aim. Um, you know, the uh, right now the emergency shelter program is meant to just be temporary. You come in and you have no place to sleep. You can get a bed. You can get food. Um, but you're then working with our caseworkers, each individual plans. And we have, you know, right now... Um, 10 to 12 low barrier rooms that are sort of that next step Mm -hmm. uh, where people are working towards, uh, you know, addiction recovery, mental health supports. And then we as well, the second level of our um, building is our transitional housing program. And we have 20 beds there. Um, Often um, most of them are occupied. And these are people that are, you know, just looking for the, to be able to get the job or maybe have come out of the prison system or have gone through recovery program. And so this new building will really be an enhancement in addition to, uh, to that program and uh, the aim is to be able to provide at least a two-year uh, concrete place that's secure, that's stable. Um, but, yeah, the long-term plan would be that, you know, they get to a place where they could get their own um, suite or their own home. Uh, these will be very small suites. Uh, they'll be independent. They'll have a little kitchenette, a little bed. You know, it will feel like their own, um, you know, access to Internet and utilities and so on. Um, but they'll have the wraparound support of connection with caseworkers. There'll be programming mm-hmm. involved. There'll be a meal program where they're able to access food in the kitchen. Um, but most people, you know, the, the highest level of dignity is when you can have your own space. And so yeah. that's, you know, the long-term um, objective. And so this gives us uh, just that much more space uh, and facility to be able to uh, orchestrate that. Okay. Now, um, in selecting residents for this, because you have to be selective, um, 
I wanted to kind of get a snapshot view of kind of what that process looks for that. How do you decide who uh, would be right for a situation like that to to be housed in this uh, sort of a development? Yeah, so we'll definitely be taking a very collaborative approach. Um, We'll be establishing a community advisory uh, committee. And uh, so, you know, our caseworkers will be heavily involved in uh, probably a lot of the referrals uh, will be people from our existing programs. But as well, we'll be uh, networking with uh, our existing partners in Northern Health, um, Community Bridge, uh, the Friendship Society, Women's Resource, uh, where we'll be working together with them to make sure that we're aware of, you know, where the most vulnerable people are, mm-hmm. who would be the right candidates. We want to have, you know, a good mix of people, uh, some that are probably in, in, you know, very vulnerable places and others who, you know, just need that particular type of a space, um, but they might be, a, you know, a shorter term. And so we'll be working together uh, with our community partners, um, but primarily we'll be spearheading uh, the work with, you know, our, our leadership, our program director, our supervisor, and our caseworkers. Uh, we already have an existing housing team, and we'll just continue to build off that uh, as far as, you know, how we select uh, who are the right individuals to access this building. I see. Yeah, because I wanted to ask, uh, like, for example, in the, um, I believe it was the release from BC housing it talked about the one of the stipulations you'll be looking for in selecting people includes the perceived ability of the individual to be successful now of course that's what we want um not that can't be everyone all the time though so and i think you touched on this already what happens to the person you say you know you're not right for this at the moment maybe you should be in this situation or or Maybe we can't help you. What do you do then? What's kind of the step for that person and how do you perhaps help them get to where they need to be and where they could help themselves or be helped the most? Yeah. So that's why, you know, we see ourselves, we're, we're a relational, community-minded organization. Yeah. Uh, we know that we can't do this alone. And uh, so having the connections, having the conversations uh, with the, you know, the other community organizations in town, uh, community living, Northern Health, um, you know, the uh, homeless prevention program that's run out of Community Bridge uh, will allow us to make sure that uh, people are directed in, in the right place that's going to fit for them if, if it's not um, in, in this new building or in the existing Center of Hope uh, we, we don't want to, you know, just have someone come in and say, oh, you're not the right fit, and then uh, have, a, have a good day, off you go. We want to make sure that there's, you know, carry-through follow-up, that everybody has an opportunity for some, some kind of connection. Um, you know, and if Fort St. John is the community they want to be in, uh, they should know that, you know, there's a place for them to be welcomed somewhere in some way. And uh, so that's really important to us. Uh, you know, the, one of the big things that I, I continue to want to emphasize uh, with the community and, and with our staff is that uh, it's great to get a new building um, but what's uh, what really makes it successful is the people mm-hmm. and so making sure that we have a really strong staff team in place and that our relationships with our partners are really strong uh, because that's really what's going to make the difference the building helps to facilitate that but in the end it's the relationship it's the community connections um, you know the wraparound care that is really going to help a person get on their feet and be successful in the goals that they have for their lives Wonderful. Uh, we only have got a, a minute left, so I want to quickly uh, talk about this. It's going to go and happen fast. This thing's going to be, uh, according to the release, uh, open early next year, as it turns out, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's um, 
It's neat in that, uh, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Uh, BC Housing has a good history of um, building a number of these buildings across the province, even in Dawson Creek. They just finished up uh, a 30-bed unit uh, this last spring. And so we'll be looking to uh, do a similar concept. It's a modular building, and so they'll be uh, pre-fabricated in another location and then delivered on site to Fort St. John. And you'll see them kind of go up like Lego blocks, uh, where they'll, it'll go up fairly quickly, but it's all designed, you know, for the particular purpose that we we have in place and we've had conversations with BC Housing about what the right designs are for for our community um, but yeah when they come they'll be pre-built and it will go up relatively quickly and uh, they're a really professional well done um, facility well done design. Well it's a very exciting announcement I'm very happy uh, for you guys and of course for the uh, people who are going to benefit yes. uh, from this because we really will all benefit in the end but mm-hmm. I'm very happy for the people who need a place to stay that will uh, now have one available uh, to them. Jared, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us this morning. Thanks, Dove. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you and with the community about uh, what's happening. You're very welcome. It's Jared Braun, the Executive Director of the Salvation Army here in Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk to Hassan Kantar right after this on Moose Talks. Date night can get boring. Now with COVID, it's just eating out and Netflix. You need to spice up your date night, brush the crumbs off your PJs, and get ready for a real date. Thanks to Olio's Pizza, Carter's Jewelers, and Cricket Corner Clothing, you can win a date night package worth $300. Each month, we'll pick a new winner. Go to moosefm.ca to tell us why you deserve a date night. Legend says many years ago, pirates would sail the Peace River, plundering Fort St. John for endless riches. Led by Captain Moosebeard, they buried treasure all around the Peace region. But over the years, and a couple late nights with a rum bottle, some of the treasure was misplaced. However, some of the loot remains hidden to this day, waiting for the next great treasure hunters to decipher a madman's ramblings. Grab your maps and dust off your compass. The Dairy Queen treasure hunt is back. Tune in to 100.1 Moose FM on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, and we'll give you some clues so that you can win some sweet prizes, like a $1,500 gift card to Brad's Furniture or a prize bag from Windsor Plywood to get the Clues before anyone else, visit moosefm.ca slash contests. The annual Dairy Queen Treasure Hunt, brought to you by Windsor Plywood, FSJ Return It, Wendy's, Brad's Furniture, Micro Consulting, Veronica's Closet, and Moose FM. All hands on deck. Howdy folks, Buckeye here, part of the Buckeye's Barbecue Chain, home of the St. Louis style rib, simply the best. Don't deny those deserving taste buds of an award-winning Midwest family recipe. Let Buckeye's Barbecue be the gateway to your rib-cracking, heart-attacking goodness right now. Come try for yourself. We here at Buckeye's take great honor in carrying on that tradition. Buckeye's Barbecue, simply the best. Yeehaw! Rib Fest is coming to the Pomeroy Sports Center this weekend. Who's a good doggy? The top three pets have been chosen in the voting process for Pet of the Month. Fort St. Johners, it's your turn to decide which pet gets that title. Here's one of the finalists. Theo is an orange tabby who recently celebrated his 13th birthday and made some silly faces during his photo shoot. Vote right now at moosefm.ca under contest. The owner of the pet that gets the most votes will win a $100 gift card to the North Peace Veterinary Clinic. Thanks to you. Have you noticed that everything is getting more expensive? Groceries, utilities, rent. 
everything except your brand new beautiful Jandel Homes. Jandel Homes is selling homes at last winter's pricing. No lumber increase, no labor increase, no increases at all. And as you could expect, they're moving fast. But there's still time to get your new Jandel home with delivery available now through fall. Act fast. Come get your brand new Jandel home at last winter's pricing before they're gone. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to chat with a man who spent uh, a long time living in an airport and has since made his way to Canada. He's got quite the story to tell. Uh, even since coming to Canada. Uh, we're very happy to be joined by him now. It's Histan Kantar, the activist and author of Man at the Airport, How Social Media Saved My Life, One Syrian Story. Hassan, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful you took a few minutes to chat with us uh, right. this morning. Um, we only have 10 minutes, sadly, uh, so we'll do our best with this. But uh, as I said, you've got quite a remarkable story to tell about your experience living in an airport in Malaysia uh, for seven months. Uh, that you recount in your book. How did you come to live in those circumstances? What happened? It's it's the Syrian story since 2011 when the Syrian war took place. Uh, that's the story of millions of Syrians around mm-hmm. the, the world, and uh, I'm just one of them. Uh, simply, I ran out of option. I have been judged uh, because of my nationality, not because of uh, uh, crimes that I committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only in Malaysia, unfortunately, even the Arabic uh, world uh, countries like uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, so uh, they detained me and uh, they sent me to immigration jails in different countries, and I end up in Canada. So it's a new type, if you allowed me to say, a new type of racism we as Syrians are facing since 2011. Um, unwelcome war. Mm-hmm. That's uh, as simple as that. So um, no one wanted me. Mm-hmm. I found myself at the airport. Yeah, and you were there for, I believe, seven months, I counted. You Followed were. by two months in detention jail, yes. So yeah. in total, nine months. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think uh, comparisons have been made. There was a movie, uh, Tom Hanks, I think, The, the Terminal. Terminal. Tom Hanks, um, yeah. I mean, this was basically your life. You lived completely in the airport you had to stay in you know kind of certain parts of it how, how did you survive with a little different than the movie the terminal i always yeah. joked about it i said he had catherine zeta jones and i have no one <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring me catherine and i will wait uh, for as long as she wants fair so <laughs> i was totally alone so it's not fair to compare between the movie and i but mm-hmm. uh, uh, in day-to-day basis it's almost the same uh, small things you never thought that it's going to be a problem it become a major problem mm-hmm. in your life where to ha- uh, to take a shower how to take a shower when to take a shower how to dry your clothes where to sleep when to sleep mm-hmm. uh, even a cup of coffee will be a problem mm-hmm. and uh, or a meal uh, so uh, with time if you did not panic if you calm yourself down if you breathe and if you start seeing hope uh, then you will overcome this problem and you will start finding the keys for them mm-hmm. uh, the major problem was how to get myself out of the airport yeah. because it was an unusual uh, situation. Mm -hmm. The struggle I was facing with the world was the question, 
it's not what I'm doing at the airport, it's why I am at the airport, mm-hmm. it's, uh, so I can get out of it. Uh, I survived because uh, I uh, start seeing life or understanding life from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we all hear that phrase that given up is not an option. Yeah. Uh, that's great, I cannot agree more. But if it's not an option, what is it? It mm-hmm. should be something, it cannot be nothing. From what I understand, it's a result. It's a result for us not believing in what we are doing, not uh, be in love with what we are doing. For us, looking for an instant results when life doesn't work that way. We need mm-hmm. to be patient. Uh, we need to fight back. And uh, when I understood that, I said, uh, if I'm going down, I'm not going down without a fight. I'm telling my story. And that's when I went to social media and start posting. Um, and when individuals Canadians and other people from all around the world start uh, um, reaching out to me and praying for me. I start my um, faith in humanity restored and I start seeing hope at the end of the tunnel. So uh, I fought back. Wonderful. Canada, was was this your goal in mind kind of for a long period of time or was it was it kind of the first thing that worked out for you that okay Canada you're welcome to come to Canada you know and I may be Mm. overgeneralizing Mm. it but Mm. but when when you were in the midst of the situation in the airport were you like maybe Canada is an option this is where I need to go or did it just kind of work out that way? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Canada is um, for us as refugees. We don't have the privilege of choose uh, sure. what country. But okay. if we do, if we do, no one will choose any other country over Canada. Canada has a different place in all our minds and heart and souls. I could not even dare to dream about Canada, even when I was at the airport. It was not there on my radar, and okay. uh, uh, because I knew that it's uh, way above my limit and I don't meet all the requirements. Mm-hmm. But uh, when the Canadian people start hearing the story from the news and from the media, they reached out to me. And there is a fact, uh, and that will should tell us something about Canada. I have been on, uh, on the news all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, even in languages I did not recognize, and uh, uh, even local uh, radio stations in US or Australia. And uh, The only lawyer who reached out to me and said, I'm going to represent you for free uh, was Canadian. The only group of volunteers uh, who reached out to me were Canadians. Uh, and that's when Canada started being on the, the map. They discovered that it's easier for me uh, to come to Canada. And that took another seven months, nine months. Uh, but um, it's, uh, I still can't believe it sometimes because it's a dream come true. And uh, for us as adults, we don't have fairy tales. It's for children. We have goals we mm-hmm. need to achieve. But no, for adults, uh, I'm, I'm living my fairy tale still. Wow. And here I am, two and a half years uh, in, in uh, Fort St. John. And uh, this is the farthest north uh, so far, uh, just in two and a half years, trying to pay back to the community who, who gave me the opportunity to be here. So yeah. um, I, I, I am still um, living the dream and um, 
each and every minute. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Wonderful. Yeah. I have to ask you, uh, because as you mentioned, two and a half years you've been here. I, I believe you started in with Whistler was kind of where cool. your first job, where you first landed. How did you end up uh, in Fort St. John? What brings you here? The lady who sponsored me mm-hmm. and who led the volunteer groups, Lori Cooper, she's now in Smither, another uh, t- town in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was living on Whistler at that time. I and see. I had an offer job when I was at the airport. I I applied for a job in Whistler uh, at a hotel and uh, they did an interview and I got accepted. So I, I had a, an offer and I had a place to stay uh, at the staff accommodation there. So I ended up in Whistler and that was not a bad place to be. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I could not leave. And now I, the fact is Whistler will be always my first Canadian home and no one can take that from me. Mm-hmm. I skied for the first time. Yeah. And... Uh, it will show you how life is weird un, un, unfair and injustice but it's generous as well if you were patient enough it will give you back and it gave me back Canada and Whistler okay so what why are you here in Fort Saint? you're working for the Red Cross I so, understand yeah, yeah. yes and uh, we are here to help uh, the community with the vaccination okay. I'm going to stay for another two months uh, I drove from Vancouver to uh, to, to up to here oh it's a beautiful drive amazing eh? drive. amazing <laughs> and wonderful. I saw uh, a moose for the first time in my life I, I was like a kid in a um, Christmas morning <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> hopefully you get to see lots more while you're up here I hope so uh, so you're working at the uh, clinic then in the yes, total mall yes, there. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, okay. I, I just a couple more questions for you before you let you go. Um, and uh, this came up, I think, at your kind of media thing you had the other night. Um, you had said you wanted to visit an indigenous community. Mm. Uh, and it was kind of on your list of things you definitely want to do. Why is that, out of curiosity? I feel a similarity and a special connection for with them. Um, and it's it's weird. We are the newest comers to this land, refugees, and they are the uh, they are here since thousands of years. Yeah. They are the original uh, owners. Um, but uh, and I cannot start uh, dare to start comparing our tragedy with theirs. But sure. uh, uh, we also uh, suffered from losing the ones we love mm-hmm. and uh, never be able to say goodbye. We've been disconnected from our roots. We have been kicked out from our land. And no matter what joy and success we are going to have in our new home, Canada, we will always miss our original home and uh, 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 all the memories we had. Uh, they had. Uh, they have been through a lot of trauma and uh, we did as well and mm-hmm. we are still living on it so i know how they feel uh, with all the unmarked graves we are having and uh, um, the reconciliations uh, we are looking for the action and justice um, i know what they are talking about i i can feel them and um and it, it makes me feel sad what they went through because uh, I have been there. I uh, In 2016, I was in detention jail in United Arab Emirates when I heard that my father passed away. Mm-hmm. And the, oh, oh, through the night, I could hear uh, the fireworks and see the lights of it while I was sitting alone in my cell looking at the phone without being able to reach out to the phone because of the iron bars. And yeah. uh, all what I wanted is to call my family. I know what it 
means to be in your darkest and lowest moment in life. And uh, that's why um, I want to meet them. Uh, for us in the Middle East, and this is maybe a new information for you, we don't know them as indigenous. And that's the amount of work we need to do, uh, even globally, not only domestically. Uh, we know them, and that's I knew that it's racism. When I arrived to Canada, we call them Red Indians. Mm-hmm. The whole world, because of the effect of Hollywood, mm-hmm. the whole Middle East knows them by Red Indians. And when I came to Canada, I knew that this is wrong. We should not call them that. And I start educating myself. And that's my mission also now as a refugee, to educate my people back home and in that part of the world that... Uh, what these people went through. Mm -hmm. And it will also show uh, Canada with the human rights we are having now with all, because other countries, they went through a lot in their histories, but they are not speaking out about it. And that's, we are facing our uh, our past. And that's a good thing in Canada. If we want to move on, to reconciliate, then uh, we need to, to face it. And it's going to be painful, it's going to be hard, but it's the right thing to do, because we are living the present that's right but we are also writing tomorrow's history and we are doing a good job so far wonderful Hassan, this has been a wonderful conversation i wish we had more time but thank you very thank much you for coming much in to for chat with me, me today i appreciate it my pleasure thank you for having me Hassan kantar the author and activist uh, a man at the airport how social media saved my life one syrian story it's well worth picking up and checking out we'll be right back to wrap things up on moose talks right after this Spectacular spring savings and U.S. cross-border cash for trades at Ford City Chrysler. Huge spring clear-out savings on all new in-stock units. Save by 10 up to $15,000 off MSRP on new in-stock trucks, vans, and SUVs. Financing as low as 0% and payment vacations. Ford City Chrysler wants your vehicle. Whether you're buying or not, they're buying. Stop in for a quote today. Only at Ford City Chrysler. Only in Fort St. John, where customers become family. If you're in need of sand to keep you and your family safe this winter, the City of Fort St. John reminds residents that residential use sand is available throughout the winter months at the Public Works Building on Cree Road or across from the Lido on 102nd Street. Remember to bring your shovel in a bucket. The City of Fort St. John, helping you stay safe out there this winter. To report a problem, call 311 or use the Report Problem form on the City's website, fortstjohn.ca. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Big thanks to our guests today, Jared Braun and Hassan Kantar for joining us. EnergeticCity.ca and Moose FM are hiring. We're seeking a motivated individual to help us increase reader and listener engagement. It's a new position for our company, and we are looking for the right person to help us increase engagement and launch new funding models. The successful applicant will appreciate the art and science of reaching, engaging, and building loyalty among a truly global audience, especially on our social media platforms. If you'd like more information and to find out how you can apply for this job, you can check out the post on the EnergeticCity.ca Facebook page. That does it for this episode of Moose Talks. The show is produced by Trey Lopashinsky and Adam Rayburn. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace.
Knappen Industries and the Fort St. John Co-op are proud to present Movie in the Park. Get out those folding chairs and blankets and join us at Centennial Park on July 23rd at 7 p.m. to see Paddington 2. Grab some popcorn at the event from the Northern Dance Theater Society and watch Paddington take up a job to save up enough money to buy the perfect gift for his aunt on her 100th birthday. When a thief steals it, Paddington must embark on an epic quest to get the gift back and bring the thief to justice all before his Aunt Lucy's birthday party. It's antique shop. Hold it right there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. Mysterious things have been happening all over town. No registration is required. Just come and join us for the movie July 23rd at 7 p.m. at Centennial Park. Movie in the Park is brought to you by Home Hardware, Burger King, Backcountry, Rips Shoe Renew, Butler Farm Equipment, C&B Trailer Sales and Rentals, Rhythm Auction, Tourmaline, and LP Peace Valley OSB. This is Moose Country. Like the sun went down just to frame your face Like they played that song just to see you sway Like that old surf shop had you in mind With what you got on making those tan lines It's like the ocean knows we're laying On this beach tonight It's like the sand's been waiting for you to come alive Cause you were for summer just like these stars we're under were made for lighting this July sky up break it down made for me and you tied up all night long over and over crashing to me and pull me closer kiss by kiss one after another don't let go baby let this summer just keep on coming in Keep coming in waves Keep on coming in waves Keep coming in waves Wish I could bottle up the taste on your lips That margarita salt water sunburnt silk It's like I feel that sun right next to me Yeah, girl, your touch is a hundred degrees Boardwalks were made for dancing Flip-flops were made to lose life This night was meant to happen And girl, I was made for you Like you were made for summer Just like these stars we're under Were made for lighting this July sky up Break it down, make for me and you Tied up all night long Over and over, crashing to me Kiss by kiss, one after another Don't let go, baby, let this summer Just keep on coming in waves Keep coming in waves Keep on coming in waves Keep coming in waves
Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.